For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What the hell is up, everyone? This is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans, and I am your host, Elliot Clough. We have a hell of an episode coming up for you today. I am joined by Justin Napoli of Propel's Talk and Boot Crew Media. He and his partner, Ross Teveno, who was unable to join us today, unfortunately, host Propel's Talk. They started that about five months ago, and they're doing some awesome, awesome work there. So if you haven't checked them out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, go ahead and do that after this podcast because they do really, really good stuff over there. Justin also wrote an article fairly recently. They do have their own website, bootcrewmedia.net. So I'm going to put that link to that article in the description as well as another link and you'll find about find out about that a little bit into the episode. So I'm so, so excited for this one. One of my favorite podcasts so far. But today I am joined by Justin Napoli of Propel's Talk and Boot Crew Media. Don't miss this one, folks. Listen to the whole thing from start to finish, and you will not be disappointed. So here is my conversation with Justin Napoli of Propel's Talk. All right, we're joined by Justin Napoli of Pro. Pell's talk. Unfortunately, his cohort, Ross Tebano, could not join us today. Talk about, go check out that last name. See how it's spelled and you'll see how Cajun this group of guys is. Very excited <laughs> to be joined by Justin Napoli today. Killing it on his podcast. If you haven't heard Pro Pell's talk, go check it out. Recently, they had uh, Jake Madison of Lock on Pell's and Mason Ginsburg of Bourbon Street Shots on their podcast. I listened to that the other day, sat down and listened into it for about an hour long, right, Justin? Yeah, about an hour long. That was probably my favorite podcast I listened to in a long time. I'm, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> Obviously, we're very Pelican-centered here, but it was great, great stuff. So props to you, Justin. And also, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, Elliot, you know, thanks for having us on. You know, we, we, me and Ross and my buddy Steven, our, our third partner, listen to your podcast. You're doing a great job. And, you know, thanks for having me on. And you know, the other two couldn't make it today, but I'm super excited to get into Pelican stuff. Finally, it seems as if the NBA is starting to come back a little bit. So maybe we can get back to the court. Maybe, maybe. Hard maybe. We Did you see the uh, news breaking from Bleacher Report today about the possibility? I actually, I'm pretty sure I saw the tweet from, from Pro Pelspot on Twitter. <laughs> um, but if you didn't know, the Pelicans, or not the Pelicans, but the, the league is looking at kind of modeling their playoffs after the World Cup. Uh, 
initial thoughts, Justin? I, it's kind of intriguing, kind of weird. I, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Elliot, it's, a, it's an interesting topic. I think you're going to see a lot of different, op- you know, different types of playoffs and scenarios. And I think Dame Lillard came out maybe maybe a day ago and he said, you know, if we don't have a chance in the playoffs, I'm not going to play. So, you know, Adam Silver and the NBA have to realize that, okay, what can we do to get our stars to play and then also have these guys compete at the highest levels for a playoff series? So, you know, I've heard playing tournaments, so I've heard – you know, playing tournaments for the the Eastern Conference is kind of set. Okay, I think Charlotte's just out of it. With the Western Conference, you you know you do have the Spurs, the Kings, the Pelicans, the Blazers, and the Grizzlies. You know, they're all three and a half, four games out. So maybe a playing tournament to get into this World Cup type of tournament makes sense. I don't know. You know, everyone. You know, what I've learned in this world, Elliot, is that everybody's going to complain. But at the end of the day, there's there's not, there's only so much you can do, and I think. You know, I wrote an article about this a couple of days ago. I do think a play-in tournament mixed, you know, matched with a World Cup style gives it a decent chance because I don't think we're going to play the 23, 24 games left in the NBA. I just don't think you have enough time. You have the offseason. You have, you know, rookie camp, you know, summer league, all this stuff. I don't think they can do that. But, you know, doing a World Cup style gives you condensed games, gives you two games against your group, and then – you know, the top two teams come out. You know, if you play good, you, you deserve to move on. If you don't, you, you're done. But at least you're going to be able to see, as a fan, competitive basketball games and players playing at their high level. Who wouldn't want to see Dame Lillard versus, you know, you know Dame Lillard McCollum versus, you know, Ball and Drew and all those guys in a two-game set to get to the, to the next round? As you know, I mean, I'm not a big soccer fan, but when the World Cup comes on, I'll watch that stuff because – it's fun to watch, you know, it's competitive, it's intense, you know, and I, I think it's a, it's a decent idea. I would agree. I would agree as well. Uh, you know, of any time to try something like that, it's right now. Cause honestly, right. you said it, people are going to be irritated no matter what. This is a lose, lose situation in terms of you're not, you're not going to be able to please everyone. Not a chance. No way. So right now, and I mean, with the shortened season, People just want to watch sports, so screw it. I mean, you can play in my backyard for all I can. I, I <laughs> watch basketball. And, I mean, you mentioned Dame Lillard not playing. I don't want to see their 15th guy on the bench for anybody, right. for, for the best team in the league, for the worst team in the league. And it's, it's not worth watching if, if the stars aren't playing, so there has to be some sort of incentive. I mean, imagine Dame Lillard and Russ facing off in the first – First game we get to see that rivalry. Who's not going to tune in to watch that? Right, and and Elliot, I think you know you hit you hit it right on the head right there. But you know, I'm I'm bringing up the standings right now. You know, the Magic are are the eight seed at thirty and thirty five, and they have a five and a half game lead on the Wizards and a seven game lead on the on the Hornets. So you're not going to really see a group play or a play in tournament for the Eastern Conference because that's already set. But you know, you move to the Western Conference and. I'll tell you what, and, and, you know, the Trailblazers and the Pelicans are tied for ninth, or, and the Kings are all tied for ninth, three and a half behind Memphis. Memphis just lost to Orlando at home as, you know, I think the day before the NBA postponed the season. And if you look into their schedule, Memphis has one of the hardest schedules remaining. And, you know, I wrote about this, and, you know, I'll go through it real quick, though, but Memphis has – 
at Portland. They just got Dame back at Utah, at the Spurs, versus OKC, at Milwaukee, a home-and-home home against the Pelicans, at uh, versus the Celtics, versus Toronto, at Toronto, versus the Knicks, versus the Mavericks, at Portland, at Denver. And to finish it off, they're at home against the Thunder, at home against the Sixers, and then on the road in Houston. You know, you go through all of those teams – there's the only guaranteed victory out of that is New York. So I was going to say that. <laughs> right. And so, and it's funny because it's not fair to the Pelicans who had an easy schedule going into the, you know, they had two games left against Memphis and then you go through your, you had the Utah, Sacramento, the Clippers, and then you get the Hawks, uh, the Spurs, the Knicks, the Magic, the Hawks again, the Wizards twice, Phoenix, Charlotte, you know, it's just not fair. So if you're going to just give me six to eight games and then start the playoffs, I don't want to see that. And I agree with Dame Lillard. I don't want to see it. It's not fair. But if you do a play-in type tournament to where the Grizzlies and Pelicans face off with the Blazers and the Spurs and the Kings, I think I'm tuning in. Absolutely. I'm all for it. 100%. 100%. The thing about navigating that going forward is do you only do that for the West? Or, or I mean – you kind of have to do it, but you do it based on overall record. How do you go about that? That's the thing, because, I mean, it's forever. It's been Eastern Conference, Western Conference. And now the, the, the difference is astronomical. And the other thing to add to what you said is that the Pelicans are playing really good ball. Grizzlies, not so much towards the end of the year. So, therefore, I mean, that had to be the toughest schedule in the entirety of the league. I, I have no right. idea how it wouldn't be. For the, for the Grizzlies. So, and, and the Pelicans have defeated the Grizzlies every time they've played each right. other this year. So, there's just so many different variables to factor in. I, I don't know how you go forward in I, – I, I really don't know. I'm very glad I'm not Adam Silver. Right. right now. And, and to your point, Ali, I, I agree. It's not, you know, it's not a clear-cut, you know, we should do this or we should do that. that. That's why I think he's starting to get the general managers and teams involved and and things like that. But, you know, I think Adam, you know, Adam Silver is probably the best commissioner we have in sports. He's a very, you know, he's very intelligent. He's done a great job. And listen, he's not stupid. He's looked at the Grizzly schedule. He's looked at the Pelican schedule. He's looked at the Blazers. Like, it wouldn't just be fair to start the playoffs this year. Like, you want to have a true champion, I get that. But at the same time, I'm not saying the Grizzlies going to knock off the Lakers in round one. Who, no, probably, not, probably not even the Pelicans might not even win a game. But at least they'll give you a series. Could you imagine Zion versus LeBron round one? I mean, come on. The TV ratings would go through the roof. You know, Anthony exactly. Davis. You know, exactly. You know. A really, league, the league wants the Pelicans in the playoffs. Right. And, and I agree. And, you know, Lonzo, B.I., and Josh Hart going against the Lakers, AD against his former team. It, it, it's just a match made in heaven. And I feel like ESPN would just, you know, TV goers and TV ratings would go through the roof. But – we're not here to talk about TV ratings. We're here to talk basketball. <laughs> it's not fair to just either start the playoffs or do a six or eight game season, then into the playoffs. I think you do a playing type tournament. Um, you know, I saw, you know, one through 16, one through 20 seeds, things like that. Got to get creative. You know, this is, as you said, Elliot, this is when you can get creative. So let's see what they have. Now, kind of going off the beaten path here, what, what we were expecting, but I've talked about it with a couple different guests. Do you think the way the season has played out, considering quarantine, considering the coronavirus, 
and starting up maybe just going right into the playoffs or, you know, playing a few regular season games, going to the playoffs, it's shortened. Do you think that favors the younger teams with more fresh legs or the older teams that have been there before, played in the playoffs, like the Lakers as opposed to the Pelicans who are a little bit younger? I mean, listen, that's a great question. And, you know, being around basketball and things like that, you, you can't just pick up and go play. Like, you know, obviously people are working out and things like that. A sh- you know, anything can happen in just one game. You know, anything is happening in a short series. I think that's why the NBA, you know, back in the day, they used to have five-game series. And they saw more and more first-round upsets. And that's why they're like, eh, we kind of need the good teams to win. So let's extend it to seven games, obviously like that. But, you know, playoff experience is going to come in. You know, every game now is going to be, if they do do this, is going to be game seven of the finals. You're not going to be able to slip up and lose. You know, the Lakers go up 2-0 and go on the road against the Pelicans. And, ah, game three, we don't have to really do much. And, Elliot, I I don't know. I I wish I had an answer. There's just no answer. I – there, this is ne- there's no blueprint to this. That's you know I've, I've been saying this this whole time. There is no blueprint. This has never really happened. So you know, your guess is probably as good as mine. I was thinking about it in terms of for the Pelicans to get rest to uh, and Zion and Kenny Hustle have been getting uh, right. Been getting rehab since the get go. They've been able. They got uh, permission from the league, able to be in league facilities and, and stay stay in shape and and get going and. Uh, <laughs> Zion hasn't been able to trim his beard, but was able to get some work in. <laughs> so um, I think that could really benefit the team as well. I mean, Kendrick Williams was looking like he could get paid this season early on, had some injuries, wasn't playing super great for a little while there. And we saw it today. I shared it, Ollie's, Ollie's uh, article from the Bird Rights, that the Pelicans are in dire need of a perimeter defender that has a little bit more size. And Kenny Hustle's called Kenny Hustle for a reason. He's not the greatest defender in the world, but he's bigger than Drew Holiday. I think he's more capable of keeping up with guys like Giannis, like LeBron James, not for all 48 minutes because nobody can do that. But he can get subbed in for 20 and play a solid solid 20 minutes, play some defense, get some boards, and help out. Yeah, I'm glad you brought Zion. And the conditioning with him is, you know, he came into camp. He seemed to be overweight. It seems like his weight's been a big deal. And I am a little worried with his time off. You know, what does he look like? It's been very odd. He hasn't really been on social media. You haven't really seen much of him. He did that one little uh, interview. But you're right. I, I think Kenrich Williams is miss. I'm not a very big Kenrich Williams fan. And the reason why is I think he's a really just such a liability offensively. But you're right. I think what sticks out to me was I was at that Lakers game the second time we played him in New Orleans. And LeBron just took Drew Holiday to the block. And we didn't know if we could double. We didn't know if we could stun at him. We didn't know if Drew could just be one-on-one with him on the block. And, you know, LeBron just dominated, as he does. But you're right. The Pelicans are – they need a stopper. And and Drew is a good stopper against guards. Now, you give me a KD, a Kawhi, a LeBron, maybe even a Paul George, you know, those guys, a Giannis – you know, Drew's kind of undersized for them. They're so skilled and strong and things like that. You know, I saw a name today. And Kenrich Williams, as you saying, 20 minutes, go get your six fouls, be aggressive. I get that. I completely – you know, he he does fill that role, and I think he would be great for that role. But I keep seeing this name today, Elliot, and I want to hear your thought is Jeremiah Grant. And I think the only way you can get that guy is to actually trade Drew Holiday. Really? 
Well, Jeremiah is going to be his final year. He's got a player option for $9 million, and he's obviously going to decline that. He's a 40% three-point shooter. He can guard one through four. He can handle the basketball. He can guard your best point guard, your guard, your shooting guard, your LeBrons, your KDs. And he can give you problems. And there's actually a clip, clip on YouTube. You'll love this. There's a five-minute clip on YouTube of Jeremiah Grant closeouts to where he's literally just closing out with that, that long reach and defending mm-hmm. three. And, like, he had, I think, the best rating of closeouts in the league. And not only is he amazing defensively, he's even better offensively. So that's a guy – I mean, I, I might have skipped ahead for you, but, gosh, Jeremiah Grant, Jeremiah Grant on this team would have been – or could be something special. We're going to put that in the show notes. So, so check that out. That will be in the description. <clears throat> I haven't seen it yet, but I want everybody else to see it. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I – so since he has a player option, I mean, he's, he could probably get paid just about anywhere. Right. Uh, and do you think the Pelicans can afford that? Do you think he won't take, like, a mid-level exception? No, I mean, I don't think he will because, one, okay, Ellie, you, you got to think, you got Lonzo. I, I'm sure and you know, you're a smart guy. You, you know what's coming up. You got Lonzo, you got Josh Hart, you got B.I. What are you going to do with Drew, Derek Favors? That's five guys right off the top of my head. Are we paying them or are we not paying them? Um, Drew's obviously on a big contract. B.I.'s going to get the max. Okay, Elliot, is Lonzo a max player? Is he not a max player? I love Lonzo Ball. I think he's the point guard for this team. Now, if you're going to give Lonzo Ball max money, I don't know how the Pelicans can construct a very good roster around this team. And I, I agree. These are questions. I love Lonzo Ball. I think I would love for him to stay here. I think he's a great player. Um, now, the question is, is – what do you do with favors? What do you do with true? Cause you know, as you know, as I think this probably leads to our next point, I can't remember a player on the Pelicans slash Hornets team that have such a love hate with drew holiday. And I, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm also on that board is the thing with drew is that he's such a good player, but sometimes he makes so many boneheaded mistakes offensively. Defensively he's amazing. I'm not worried about him defensively. He's great. The roller coaster on offense, too, is he our main guy? Is he going to shoot 17 times a game? Is He's a kind of a below-average three-point shooter, but yet he launches eight to nine threes a game, you know, close to that. I mean, he was at his highest clip ever this year. I think he was at seven, game, or seven three-point attempts a game. I don't need Drew doing that. I need Drew attacking, facilitating, because the offense, you know, I'm going to make this very clear to Pelican fans, whoever's listening, the offense runs through Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. You know, can Drew Holiday be the third fiddle? That's a question remaining to be seen. Do you think, and, and for those of you who contributed to uh, Twitter, that poll, we're going to get to you, I promise. Do you think that replacing Drew with a 3 and D guy would be better? It, 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 you know, you can, you can pick through the lot of 3 and D guys. Do you think that would be better for the Pelicans' offense? You know, Elliot, that's a tough question. I, I really love the question, though. And I'm not lying to you. I've, I've spent so many days thinking about this because, on one hand, you need a veteran that's been around here. Drew Holiday's that guy. He's, he's never a problem. You never see him, you know, being an asshole. Or, like, I think he's probably one of the most respected guys in the league. Um, but, you know, offensively, it's – I can't have a $25 million guy where he's one day going 2 of 16 from the field and the next day he's going 14 of 20. Like, it's just so – and I know you've been watching the games. It's such a roller coaster with him. 
If you get me Jeremiah Grant, I'd take it. But then, I don't know. I don't know. I Personally, at the end of the day, I think you keep Drew Holiday. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? I believe statistically, I, I think I saw this somewhere. Statistically, Lonzo plays his best basketball when Drew's on the floor. That's a fact. So that's, that's a that, fact. Yeah, that's, that's a big deal. And, I mean, money-wise, it also depends on what you do with Derek Favors. If you want to bring him back, if you want to go out and get a younger guy for cheap, or for cheap, I know you guys talked about Aaron Baines on the <laughs> No chance. I, I completely <laughs> lost to Aaron Baines. Uh, that might be Steven and Ross. I absolutely hate Aaron Baines. Yeah. <laughs> um, then there's guys who are also kind of inconsistent, like Kelly Oldenick and – you throw out, I mean, the definition of what needs to be a role player and a guy who gets rebounds. I mean, Bismack Biombo, you don't have to pay him very much. So, good point. I'm going to throw out one name that I didn't realize was this good. Uh, I'm all aboard on the Myers Leonard train because here's my thing is, is that with Zion, we all know he needs a spacer. So, as you know, when Nicole Melli's on the court, that offense is like, it's flowing. Nicole Melli's spacing. He can do the pick and pop of Zion and let Zion work from. 15 feet and in, and it, it creates driving lanes for Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and Drew Holiday. Now, I love Favors. I think he's a great IQ. He does his job very well, rolls hard to the goal, but those driving lanes when he's in the game become closed because people are sagging off because he can't shoot. Now, Myers Leonard statistically has gotten better every year with the three-point percentage. He's actually up to 40% this year. I even know Spolstra has asked him to shoot more because, you know, He's, that, he's got that much of a pure stroke. He's a guy that sets hard screens, a good rim protector, and I think you can get him for cheap because I don't think – who knows what's going to happen with salary cap this year. I think, you know, people are so big on favors. And, listen, I love Derek Favors, but if you want to bring him back for 10 or $12 million again this year, is he going to move the needle? I'm not saying Myers Leonard's going to move the needle, but who knows what you can get Myers Leonard for, you know, with the salary cap, you know. Derek Favors is a guy who can play 25 minutes, but he's very limited to what he can do offensively. He's a guy – putbacks and he clogs the lane for Zion you watch Melly come on the court Zion's got an ocean for driving lanes you can't stop Zion and I watched that Grizzlies game you watch the Mavericks game the most recent games you know they put up 136 against Memphis and I think Zion goes off for 28 30 points because he's got space to work and everything like that so you know Elliot it's it's a tough decision that Griffin has it's you know he's got to think Lonzo he's got to think true he's got to think Derek and then you know, he's got to think of the future because he's got to pay Zion. So, you know, there are a lot of question marks surrounding this team. If I had to go any sort of route this offseason, I think personally, I also love the Myers-Leonard thought because he's a spark plug. I mean, we saw him in the playoffs yep. with, with the Trailblazers, and that offense and defense just completely got revved up when he was on the floor, even though they lost. I mean, he was a factor for them made them better. And Derek Favors, again, you said it. I love him. He's an excellent room protector. Helps be with those situations where Drew can't necessarily keep up with a guy like LeBron. Derek is right. a is a room protector that you wouldn't have otherwise because Jackson Hayes isn't there yet. He's a little bit thinner. But Derek Favors is a very old 28-year-old. <laughs> very old. Watch the guy run up and down the court, and it looks like he's in pain. I mean, 
not necessarily, but it's slow and, and <laughs> it just doesn't look like he's, I mean, he's not what he once was. It's that simple. No. I, and listen, Elliot, I agree. I think bringing him, you know, trading, doing the sign trade, whatever it was this year, bringing him for this year and being, you know, a veteran and a leader on the team was a great idea, you know, mentoring Jackson Hayes and, and maybe even Nicole Melly. But, you know, people keep flirt, float, floating out, you know, two years with a player option, things like that. I just, I don't know where that gets us. It probably gets us again to the same spot because I'll tell you what, that guy will never be in a closing group. You can't put him in a closing group. You know, that's why you see Nicole Melly in the closing group because, you know, obviously Zion needs you know, space to work and things like that. And, you know, it, it's a tough decision because Derek Favors is a good basketball player. Like, he, he's a great center. He's above average center. And I think Jackson Hayes is going to develop a little more and more. And you're right, he's not ready. Um, but, you know, Jackson Hayes does bring a, a little bit more of a spark plug, an energy guy, long limbs. He can protect the rim. He's just a little too skinny right now. He's, only, he's also a baby. So right. I think in a couple of years that kid's going to be a monster. I agree. And I've seen these trades, these theoretical trades. Oh, God. <laughs> no, we don't have to get into that too in-depth, <laughs> but – I've seen a lot of theoretical trades of moving him along with like JJ Redick or another player in order to get Miles Turner. And I love Miles Turner. Miles Turner is a great player. I don't know if you watched the the uh, the uh, Rising Stars game this during the All Star no, break. I didn't. Okay, he did color along with Donovan Mitchell and and I can't remember who was the the regular announcer, but. Just a well-spoken guy, beloved in Indianapolis, yeah. and he would be in New Orleans as well. Yeah, I, I see that name floated around a lot, and you know I do like Miles Turner, but he actually only shot like thirty-three percent from deep this year, so it was kind of a right. downtick in that. But I, I keep saying you need a spacer with Zion. Yeah, you know, there's only so many center spacers too. <laughs> right, right. If the Pelicans could just combine Nicolo Melli and Derek Favors, then we'd be good to go. You have a winner. So it's funny. At first, I've never seen a worse defender than Nicole Melli. Um, <laughs> actually, no, listen, he's gotten better. He really has. He's got a great shot, and he's gotten a lot better. But uh, a couple of years ago, the Pelicans had Nico Miritich. And I think that guy, Nico Miritich, would probably be the best player that this team could ever have because three, he was a three-baller that can space you out. That's why AD would go off but he was also so tough on the boards and defending the post. And with Melly, he just does not have that. And with Jackson Hayes, he does not have that. And Favors does that, which is great. But come nut-cutting time when you're tie game, down to, up to, you need a bucket. How many times this year, Elliot, did you see the Pelicans fall flat on their face, you know, up to, down to in the final five minutes? And I'm not saying it's Derek Favors' fault, but it also doesn't help where, okay, we have Melly for spacing, but say we don't score, now we got to get a stop. and the LeBrons, the Kawhis, the Westbrooks, the Hardens are going to just go hunt McNelly out, get a switch, and then there's your mismatch. And that's what you can't have. And that's what the great teams of, you know, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks, all those teams. Now, when your shot's not falling, how can we get a stop? That, that's, that is the basic one-on-one for basketball is, all right, your shot's not going to fall every night. You know, I don't care if you're LeBron, MJ, Reggie Miller, all these people. you got to be able to get a stop. And that's the problem with the Pelicans. They can't get a stop. And to boot, with veterans like J.J., like 
Drew, and then guys on the come up like Brandon, who's taken the last shot if you need to take it. And that's, I mean, it just kind of clogs thing together. And that's not a huge factor. I think the Pelicans could figure that out. I mean, JJ took right. the last shot. I think going forward, it should be Brandon, obviously, assuming that we signed him to the max deal. But Drew kind of clogs that up as well. It, and if it's one of those nights that he's four of 20, I don't want to give him the ball, especially in that situation. Right. right. And I, I agree. That's where I have so much trouble with Drew is I love him. I really do love Drew Holiday. People, people think I hate him. I really do not. I think he's a great <laughs> player. He's great for this community. Like, he's done nothing but love New Orleans. I absolutely love him for that. I just think he can't – David Griffin, before the season started, said – he made that comment. He's like, Drew Holiday can have a Steve Nash MVP-like season. So people are like, oh, my God, I think that he can do it. And I just think – I just thought that comment put so much pressure on Drew to be like, I got to be the guy now. I, I got to take the final shot. I got to put up 20 shots. You know, it's just like – it just snowballs to where earlier in the year, you're like, what is this guy doing? Like, he just kept forcing and forcing and forcing. And – I think you started to see Brandon Ingram be really successful and you saw Zion be really successful. And that's when I think if he just drew can create and dish and finish at the rim, that's the best true holiday, not the step backs and hanging around the three point line. Cause you go ISO with drew holiday. He is going to put you in his bag. Like he's a great creator and you put drew and Lonzo together. I was looking at this today, Elliot, it's a top five backcourt in the NBA. Uh, you can literally put it down right then and there. You have a top five. You got Brandon Ingram and Zion. Zion's going to be an all-star for the next 10 years. B.I. is always going to be a fringe all-star. And now we have a top five backcourt. I mean, how can you not be excited about that? But if Drew Holiday's going to take 17 shots a game, there you go. All the more reason to make Brandon Ingram and Zion the focus of the – I mean, because – you said it, the, the ball, the offense runs through them. It does. I mean, Lonzo's at point, obviously, but the offense runs through them. And when Brandon starts hitting shots, Zion's doing work down low. All that does is open up the lane. I mean, Zion's going to be down there, obviously, but all that does is open up the lane for Drew. It's just about figuring it right. out. And I mean, they've only been together for one, not even full season. And right. I mean, there's a reason the team started out six and 22. Right. <laughs> well, there's a lot of reasons, but I think that's part of it. Oh. No, and I agree, Elliot, and, I, and here's a stat for you. Drew's only getting to the line three times a game. As for his body type as a two-guard, you know, you think the two guards in this league, you think, you know, the Paul Georges, the, you know, the Middletons, the Westbrooks, the Hardens, all those guys, they get, they get fouled. I mean, you watch a Rockets game, I know you get annoyed by it, but my God, Harden and Westbrook live at the free throw line. Those are easy, easy points. And, you know, that stat just shows me Drew settles so much to when he's – He's probably the most athletic dude on the court. Like, he's seriously, like, go watch, uh, go watch that four-game series against Portland. I mean, he put McCollum and uh, Aminu and Lillard in the blender the whole series. And everyone was like, oh, my God, Drew Holiday's back. And then reverted back to step back three, Drew. <laughs> right, right. And to mention earlier, you had mentioned that Drew was – I mean, he, he turned the ball over, too. And he's a veteran. Yeah. And this team is really young. And when you have a really young team, they turn the ball over enough. I, Three turnovers a game for yeah, Drew Holiday, by the way. Sure. And that's, that's too much. And <laughs> yeah. 
I love Drew Holiday too. I think he's an incredible human being, but man, I think we're making a pretty good case to move on. (laughs) You know, listen, you know, I think when this team's playing good, he's playing good, but Pelicans are what, 28 and 34? I don't know what we are right now, but, you know, obviously we have a losing record and things like that. And I just, I love Drew Holiday. I keep saying I love Drew Holiday. I do. Defensively, I love him. Offensively, he gives me a headache. He just, when it's not cutting time, I need a guy that I can trust. Brandon Ingram's 22 years old. Zion's 19. Drew, you're 30 years old. Take us to the promised land. More times than not, we fall flat on, flat on our face. We do. And that's why we were one of the worst teams in crunch time this season. We didn't know who the hell to go to. I mean, one day we're going to Brandon Ingram. The next we're going to go to, you know, JJ. The next we're going to go to Drew. When, when it's not cutting time, LeBron's getting the ball. Kawhi's getting the ball. Giannis is getting the ball. Get out the way. Celtics, Tatum's getting the ball. Get out the way. I don't care. The Pelicans, you look at them, who's getting the ball? Like, you know, am I getting it? Are you getting it? And that's the problem we have. Go back to the last dance, Doug Collins saying, what was the plan at the end of the game? Give it to Michael. Everybody get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> that's, exactly. that's it. Exactly. That's it. That's that's what this team needs. And it's I don't think it's fair to put that on Zion yet. I mean, you, he's 19. He's only played 19 games. He is a freak of nature. I told – I was talking to my mom the other day and told her that Zion might be the craziest athlete that has ever lived, and he's 19 years old. That is a – like, I never would have imagined I'd even say that one time. But he's just not – he's just not there yet, up here. Yeah. Here. No, no, and and Elliot, I've actually had you know, I've been fortunate to see him actually in a private practice, and you know, obviously at the basketball games, as I go to the NBA, you know, the Pelicans games, and in practice, you know, when you're standing eight to ten feet away from him, it's something I've never seen. I'll never forget. My best friend told me he's like he, he turns me during the game, goes, "I've never seen that large of a human move and jump like that." It's like. You can't take – you're watching the game. No, you're just watching Zion. Like, you, you literally cannot take your eyes off. And the funny part is sometimes you're like, I don't get it. I don't see, like, what's so great about this kid. And then, boom. I mean, just explosion. The rim rocks. His second jump is ridiculous. His shot is horrible looking, but that's not, <laughs> that's not the point. It, it, he is – you're right, a freak of nature. And I'm, this city, you know, he's been so great for the city, unlike Anthony Davis. He's been such a great – staple for the city he comes to high school basketball games he goes to two-lane football games he goes to lsu football games he goes to the saints games like he's all over the city and this and new orleans is so lucky to have him and i think he sees that appreciation and he's the opposite of anthony davis and that's exactly what this franchise needed because all of last year all you heard was the city you know new orleans is moving to seattle and blah 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 and you want to think that zion has saved the city and he's been amazing and that's what you need in a small market. And Anthony right. Davis did not fit that mold at all. I <laughs> nope. I nope. just put together. I just put together an article. I we talked about it here on on the podcast probably like a month ago about five moments in the Pelicans history that deserve a docu series or a docu just a documentary. <laughs> right. And I talked about the Anthony Davis slash Chris Paul leaving, and. Uh, <laughs> I said it. I just said it straight up. And if you want to check it out, the article will be up probably in the next couple of days. 
Yeah. I just said it straight up. Anthony Davis made himself look like an ass, and he was already an ass. I mean, <laughs> you know, you're right. And it's funny, Elliot, because I've been through the CP3 move and the Anthony Davis move. And it's so, it, what people don't understand is that Chris Paul, the team was going a different direction. Chris Paul, Chris Paul's like, I need this, this, and this. The Hornets trade David West, uh, lost, they trade Tyson Chandler, lost Paige Stoyakovich, like all these guys, you know you know, lost part, you know, Gennaro Pargo, all these guys. And the city thinks that, that Chris Paul was a trip. No, 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 The team was about to be literally like the Charlotte Bobcats. So, yeah, of course, go ahead, like, go request your trade as you deserve to go be on a contender. Got traded to the Lakers. David Stern was like, no, we're not doing that. Then got traded to the Clippers for Eric Gordon, Chris Kamen, and Al Farouk Aminu. And the rest is history. But what's crazy about this, Elliot, is that the fans in New Orleans, every time he comes back home, boo him. Say, like, wait, why are you booing him? Hey, he still has a foundation down here. He's still involved with the city. Like, he, everyone loves Chris Paul. Anthony Davis, on the other hand, everybody hates that guy. Right. <laughs> including myself. Don't be mad at Chris Paul. Be mad at Del Demps. Yes, exactly. Del Demps. Oh, geez, do we – I don't know if we get – yeah. Whoo, that's <laughs> There's been some low lights of this franchise, but yeah. <laughs> hopefully brighter days. Hopefully brighter days. There has been plenty of mediocrity in New Orleans, but it looks like things are trending up. And so, uh, yeah, Hopefully, yeah. I mean, Trajan Langdon, Slim Cash, David Griffin, killing the game so far. Love them. Love them. And, I mean, I even in this last – article that I was telling you about I put together and I got a suggestion on Twitter for it I didn't even I didn't want to necessarily put it but I wrote it in my top five as uh the 2019 offseason because I mean you got Anthony Davis leaving and then all of those crazy moves being made by David Griffin and I mean the the roster got turned on its head basically in a month yeah and and you're right, Elliot. And I think it's also a part to the 6-22 and 22 start, which was crazy, is you had injuries, you had brand-new players, you had a new defensive coach. You know, those are – you have a young core. I mean, that is not a recipe for success. And what David Griffin, Swing Cash, and Trajan Langdon have done have been the, – the, the turnaround in the city has been – and this is over eight to ten months. You know, this – I don't even think it's been a year yet. So – it's crazy what they've done, um, and it's only up from here. But as we've been talking about, they have so many decisions to make as to, you know, what to do with the backcourt, what to do with favors. There's a lot of stuff that still needs to be done. Right, and we can we can crown them after this offseason. Yes, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so with a little bit of time left, we get probably got like 15 or so minutes. Eh, we can go as long as we want, as long as you're available, <laughs> Justin. But have you looked at the draft at all? Have you considered what these Ooh. needs are going forward? I mean, personally, and I think I, I'm assuming you're going to agree with me on this, Pelicans should go for free agency and re-signing their current players rather than counting on anything, especially from this year's draft. I completely 100% agree with you. Um, if you ever spent time watching college basketball this year, it was some of the worst basketball I've ever seen. I, it, the talent level is not that – like, you know, all I heard – it was Cole Anthony, Cole Anthony, Cole Anthony. I watched two games of him. He just wasn't, like, that impressive. I didn't think he was that good. Uh, the kid from Memphis uh, didn't get to play because he gets suspended. He's supposed to be, 
you know, really good as well. Um, you're right. I think you go free agency this year, but here's the thing, Elliot, is the Pelicans have a slew of second round picks. So either these got to be made or you got to trade them because, you know, you're going to be on the clock sooner or later. And, you know, we have the Lakers picks until like 2047. So, I don't, you know, we have all those picks. So, you know, Griffin, you know, he's kind of a gunslinger. So I don't think – here's the thing with this is I don't know how aggressive the Pelicans are going to be this offseason. I, I really don't. Um, you know, the, the free agency class isn't that great. It's headlined by, you know, Anthony Davis if he doesn't pick up his player option. There are some good players out there, but does – a Myers Leonard or, a, you know, beyond Bill, like all those guys, do they move the needle for you? And, you know, who we're not here to waste money like we did in the Dell Demps era. So I think you go free agency, but I'd be very surprised, Elliot, if uh, we were active at all, to be honest with you. I think this is kind of the core group. I really think I'm interested, but if they don't get blown away for a Drew Holiday trade offer, uh, Drew will opt in and then you have the option to, you know, sign the extension or trade them at the deadline. Now, what I'm thinking as far as obviously, it's I don't think there's going to be any moves that blow us away. They're not going to – Pels are not going to – I mean, Gordon Hayward's – Gordon Hayward's a free agent this offseason. I would probably <laughs> off myself if the Pelicans signed Gordon <laughs> But I think that the Pelicans should – well, I mean, they appealed the free agents last offseason. Derek Favors, J.J. Redick. Mm-hmm. And what they should try to do, I mean, I, I trust David Griffin to do this, to see if they can go out and get some veterans like Myers Leonard, other defensive-minded guys, pay them not a lot, try to save some money there, and then make up for any offense loss in the draft. I mean, Aaron Neesmith right. is an incredible off-ball shooter. Yeah, Harry yeah. Max can create a shot. He's not—he's not the greatest, not the most skilled guy in the world. But those two, I think, if you go out and load up on defense this offseason with known commodities, and then you go out and get those guys, I'm more than happy. Yeah, and Elliot, with, with a lot of people forget is uh, the Pelicans have Didi Luiza. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. I'm not—I know it's Didi. He's—he's he's been playing in Australia for a year. Uh, he was a drafting stash guy late last year in that second round, and he's. Allegedly a knockdown shooter. He's a big wing and, um, and things like that. So, um, you know, I the draft is going to be interesting this year for sure. I think I heard Jake say it on your podcast that David Griffin loved DD. Yes. Loved and and um, that's all I've heard about him. You know, he didn't have a great you know, three-point shooting percentage this year, but He's a young kid. He's, he's, he's got length. He's a wing guy. He might be a 3 and D guy. I believe he was a contributor. His team in Australia won the NBL title, and he was a contributor, yes. averaging 10 points a game. I, mm-hmm. If he can come to the NBA and do something like that, by all means. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I think the draft is going to be interesting this year. Once again, you've got a full season, but – you know, with salary caps, and I think you see a lot of sign-in trades this offseason more than the NBA draft because I can't remember a draft not having this much hype around it, you know? Like, usually there's, like, three or four guys who are, like, these guys are the next, you know, franchise savers and, and things like that. And, man, I, I just don't see it. Right. I, I agree. I mean, 
there's there's a lot of potential role players. I mean, a lot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Lamelo has the potential to be a star scoring point guard. Not, I don't think he's going to be a superstar, but he's talented. He's, I mean, Lonzo's his brother. I, I'm going to assume he's a decent defender. Uh, but, but other than that, I mean, it was it was supposed to be James Wiseman, and now everybody's kind of like, meh. Um, well, you don't know. He didn't, he didn't yeah. play. So, like, yeah. you know, you got to be able to play. He didn't play, right. play three games this year. So, right. Yeah, right. Man, it's it's an interesting, interesting offseason. I'm going to toss one more thing at you. Go ahead. And don't let, let me finish here because it, it's a little bit, a little bit of a hot take. Not, not so much a take, but a question for you. Andre Roberson is a free agent this off season. <laughs> okay, never mind. Wow. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm excited. I'm so I've been completely caught off guard by this question, but I'm glad I'm glad to answer. It. Go ahead. If. Uh, you can save that recording, and if you want to put it up on your social media, do it because that reaction is perfect. But Roberson is known as the guy who was completely useless on 2K for a reason. Cannot hit a jump shot to save his damn life. Right. But at his career high point in OKC, probably the best perimeter defender in the league. And yeah. The, I mean, the Pels are in dire need. And he's coming off a pretty bad – was it an ACL tear, I think, is what his injury yeah, was? Yeah, it was uh, – It was yeah, it was a year-long uh, injury yeah. for sure. So, given that, you probably don't have to pay him very much. Right. You can get him on a one-plus-one kind of deal and get him yep. for – I don't know. I don't know how much money. And Pelican cap situation is all over my head. That, yeah, no, but kind of. <laughs> and, <laughs> but but if you can get him for not a lot of money, I mean, I don't think it necessarily hurts. What are your thoughts? So he's an interesting case because you, as you pointed out earlier in the show, you have Kenrich Williams. So you know, Gentry and, and, and Finch's offensive system is pretty you know complex to begin with. So. If you can get a guy like Kenrich Williams, who, I mean, he's not going to be a threat from three-point percentage. I think, God, it might have been two years ago, maybe in the playoff series, they literally just left him wide open um, because he can't shoot. But I don't know. He's he's an interesting name, but he's coming off an, an ACL. You know, you never know how those guys are going to bounce back. I mean, look at Boogie Cousins. I know it's a different weight and different body type, but, you know, those tears are you – know, the knee and the, the Achilles, those two are just – death for, for an NBA player and only, and only lucky ones and, and, you know, blessed ones really get to come back because, you know, your knees and ankles, you play basketball. Those are your two, you know, most supportive systems right there. So, um, yeah, he could be good for a flyer, you know, maybe as I, I don't know if they, I know in baseball, they have a, a spring training invite. Maybe you could get him for a uh, training camp invite, but, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of names like that this year. So, you know, I'm interested to see it. I think it's going to be a lot of signing trades for the offseason. But, you know, Pelican fans are going to be like, get Miles Turner and get this person and get Jeremiah Grant and go get in Baines. And, and it's just like, guy, there's a salary cap. So, right. you know, <laughs> you have to be able to pay attention to that kind of stuff. But, you know, I thought Miles Turner is an interesting choice. But you're right. I, they need a 3 and D guy. And 
it might not be this year, but it might, it's got to be soon for Zion's tenure. I completely agree. One more question for you before we let you go, Justin. Go ahead. In your, in your bio on Propel's talk on Twitter, <laughs> you have 2022-23 NBA champions. What made you, what made you think that year? Well, what do you think is going to change? Uh, well, I'm so glad you brought that up, man. I'm, I'm, I'm... <laughs> did so, my research. Uh, did my research. That's great. I love it. I love it. So I think it's going to be interesting. It all depends. It really depends what's going to happen with Lonzo. Is Lonzo a 40% three-point shooter? If he is, watch out. I, you know, we, we debated this with the last time with Mason Ginsburg and Jake Madison. They don't think that he can keep up a 40% three-point percentage, which is a fair assumption. Brandon Ingram, I, I'm telling you right now, Elliot, I'll break you down from he's shooting 40% from deep. He can take you on an ISO. He has a 15-foot pull-up, and he is long as a tree. You, you're not going to be able to stop that. He's got five different options to throw at you. He is a star. Zion, star. You're going into the season with three guys. Hey, I got, the, I got two all-stars and a, and a top five point guard. What do you have? So you start building around him, you know, the mentor, the Jackson Hayes of the world who's going to just keep learning and getting better. Can you get a 3 and D guy? Can you get some bench help? Josh Hart, another name that's not really talked about. A defensive bulldog. He does his job. He does great for rebounding for his position. I think he's a st- – I think they look to extend him too, Elliot. I think he's a great guy to have on this team to where you know he's coming on the court. You know what you're getting. You're getting hustle, in-your-face defense, and he's a knockdown three-pointer. Now, you have four or five guys, a little core like that. The sky's the limit. You know, you're going to have you're going to have cap space. You're going to sign Zion. You're going to get Brandon Ingram. You're going to have continuity. So why not 2022? You know, I think <laughs> I think next year, you know, as all great teams, they take a jump. I think they're going to get that playoff experience. They're going to get kind of as you saw, as everybody saw the Michael Jordan Bulls. He took his licks in the playoffs, and then they got over the Pistons, and they were the dogs. And you can, it, you can go back in NBA history, and that's what it is. Go look at the Warriors. They, you know, they lost in the second round with Curry and Thompson. They then got to the finals and won. You go look at the Cavaliers and LeBron. They couldn't get past – you know, obviously they came back, but they couldn't get past – you know, the, who was they couldn't get past? Couldn't get past the Celtics. And then, you know, they, they finally – LeBron comes back. They beat the Celtics. So, you guys – that's why I think it's so important. I was stressing this to Ross and Steven on my show is – I don't – I'm not expecting a championship, but getting that playoff experience, and you know, it's a different game. It's not as many fouls called. You know, the, the, the attention to detail in each game plan of taking away your best player, your best move, is at utmost. And I think getting that experience, because the only player, correct me if I'm wrong, with playoff experience is J.J. Redick, uh, Drew Holiday, Favors, and Etwan Moore. I think that's it. Yep, so yep, about, 20, yeah. about 20% of your team having been out of the first round. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you got to take your licks. And I think next year they're the top five, six team. Um, and then the year after, and Lonzo gets that contract, you know, Hart gets that contract, B.I.'s already going to be there. Zion's going to be in his third year. Can you imagine Zion in his third year in the NBA with a 15-foot jump shot? What are you going to do? Like, just about, like, I, mean, I don't, like, you're going to have to respect his 15-foot pull-up. Imagine that. It's just like the same thing with Giannis. Giannis came in the league, 
kind of took his licks, and now he is just taking – he still can't shoot. I, he's shooting like 35 36%, but it's better than 24 and That's where you're going to see with Zion. So, um, 2022-23, it might be a stretch, but definitely 2023-2024 season, they're going to be NBA champion. You've convinced me. <laughs> if Zion and B.I. become passers, like anywhere near passers like LeBron and Giannis out to the perimeter too mm-hmm. – it's over. I mean, and well, and the Pels, I mean, with that core that you mentioned, those three, Zoe, Zion, B.I., role players are going to want to come play New Orleans. That's what happens with three championship teams, every single one. You're right. And, you know, looking back, I've looked at some film, you know, during this COVID-19 stuff. <clears throat> Zion out of the post is actually impressive, an impressive passer for a 19-year-old. And B.I. is starting – you could tell he started forcing a little bit – early in the year when we were losing and then back early on with Zion. But now B.I. is starting to read that off defender and making those cross passes or that short little pass to the corner. And you're, that's why the Pelicans started re- – I think they went – got a stat for you. They started – shoot, where are we at here? They started – sorry about this. They started 6-20. and 20, They started 6-22, and 22, obviously. And then from there – then on out, they went – gosh, they went – they started off 7-23 – from there, then on, I think Zion and everyone started getting healthy. They went 21-13 in their next 34 games. So, you don't start off 7-23, and and once again, you're missing your best player. It's a different story, I think. You get close to 50, winning win 50 games there. And that's, and that's off of a, a team that's never played together before. Your best player is 21 years old. Your second best player is 19 years old. And your point guard has gone from a 32% three-point shooter to a 39% three-point shooter. Tell you, sky's the limit. They just have to be able to build this roster. Yes. How much time do you got? Because I got another. I got about two or three more minutes. Oh, two or three more minutes. Okay. Maybe next time you come up. What do you, what do you have? What do you got? You think Alvin Gentry is the coach long term? <laughs> you had to know that question was coming. You had okay. to know. Okay. You That's, had fair. To know. That's fair. Um, <laughs> here's my thing with they don't. What I get to see with Alvin Gentry and what the normal fan doesn't get to see is he is a great players coach. Now, I understand the NBA, X's and O's. You also have to handle 15 different personalities in the NBA. Okay, these are 19-year-old kids coming from nothing that are now all instantly multimillionaires. You have the savvy vets who, I don't want to practice today. I'm on a three-year, 45 million. So he does a great job handling that. I don't think his in-game adjustments are very good. Um, I think he could, I think he has to get better at that, but that that's not easier said than done. The offense, you're not going to see anything better than his offense. Him and Finch together are great. Okay. And I know people see the pace of play and things like that. Like it's not easy to teach and it's not an easy scheme to teach. He does a very good job at that. Defensively, he doesn't give a crap, which kind of sucks, but if we can work defensively and get better with in-game adjustments, he's a fine coach. But, Elliot, let me ask you this. Okay, if you don't like him and you fire him, who's who you got? Who's coming up? Calipari? <laughs> who, do, who do you got? <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, you know, everyone's like, fire Gentry, fire Gentry. Okay, that's great. Let's fire Gentry. We still need a head coach. Who's your head coach? And you could say Ty Lue, and it drives me insane. Tyler's not that great of a coach. He had LeBron James. Me and you would be good. I mean, we'd be pretty decent too. 
Um, there's just not too many like household names out there. The, the guy that I love, I, I mean, I, I love two guys, and I don't think either of them. I love Snyder for the Jazz. I think he's a genius. And I love Spolster for the Heat, who's never going to leave. Spolster's unbelievable. Uh, Popovich is about to retire. I think Brad Stevens unbelievable. But there are no guys like that. You know, you know like Doc Rivers. You're not, you don't just find Doc Rivers out there. Like, you know, like you don't find – like Vogel's been fine too. But, you know, it, it's just a lot easier said than done. I'm so to one. answer your question, to answer your question, Tyler, <laughs> answer that. I think he next year will tell you. If he makes a jump, he's the coach. If he doesn't, you gotta go. I think that's that's astute. Uh, <laughs> I I'm with you. The only coach that's available out there that has any sort of pedigree is Ty Lu. I, I mean, that's it. I mean, you can't you can't go Kenny Atkinson. You can't no, I, right. be stupid to hire Mark Jackson. That dude, no. Oh, Nothing to you. No. And, I mean, what well, are you going to do? Are you going to push somebody off the Warriors staff, Mike Brown? Like, Well, let me ask you a question, Elliot. Like, you, you mentioned Atkinson, right? Well, why did he get fired? Because he couldn't control his locker room. Because Kyrie Irving doesn't respect him. You didn't see a problem. You might have tuned him out a little bit. But you never saw a coach, a coach and players go at it or hear it, any of that stuff. You know, in Brooklyn, you have it. You hear it all the time in the NBA. Who's the guy? Uh, oh my God, Beeline for the Cavs. Is that right? I think it was yeah, his name. Yeah. I mean, you see that. You know, he doesn't have respect for his players, and they start going at it in the, in the film room. You never once hear that about Alvin Gentry. Absolutely not. No, you said it. Players, coach, players love him, and he's just. I mean, he's a good dude. Like he really not is. Like he's a douche. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, there you go. So, I mean, it's a tough question. I think next year we'll show you what he's all about. Sure. And the only other thing – I talked about it with Chris Connor. I don't know if you know Chris. He's another – Yeah, I do. Fellow writer. Yeah, okay. Fellow writer at Bird Rights. You missed that podcast. Is excellent stuff with Chris. I'm trying to – I can't remember who he had mentioned. Um, it was a former player, former Mav. I know that. I think he former was Mav? coaching the G League. Yeah. Uh, Stackhouse? No, he's yeah, at yes. Vanderbilt. He's Stackhouse. Stackhouse. Yeah. Stackhouse, not... yeah. Jerry Stackhouse just went to Vanderbilt, but I've heard really good things about him. Um, not a great first year for Stackhouse, but no, I heard in the G League he was actually really, really good. Sure. And I mean, the last coach to move up from the G League, you know who that was? Who was it? Nick Nurse. No way. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's another great – gosh, what he's done in Toronto is unbelievable. You lose Kawhi and you're still a number two seed in the Eastern Con- I don't care. Like that is unbelievable. And and he went to the University of Northern Iowa, my alma mater. Really? Hell I did yeah. not know that. Okay. Yep. Okay. Was it? Yep. Uh, I don't. I don't mean to bring up bad times. I, I'm pretty sure I'm correct on this though. Was it you and I that blew like a 15 point lead yeah. with like 30 yeah. seconds left? Too soon. Too, Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was against. Oh my God! Don't tell me it was against. I have it on the tip of my tongue. Oh my God, who is it again? Oh no, who is it against? Texas A&M. Texas A&M. I knew it was, it was Caruso, a twelve-point right? lead with like forty-two seconds left. Yeah. I was watching. I was like, "What are yeah. y'all doing?" I'm sorry. Good, yeah. But good it, basketball it, program. It hurts a little bit. I'm okay. It hurts a little bit. They were ranked yeah. at one point this year. AJ Green. AJ Green might be the first player from UNI to get drafted. 
Really? Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah, uh, he's a four-star yeah. coming out of Cedar Falls and stayed home, and he's a okay. baller, shot maker. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I finally got over the LSU getting blanked against the Alabama uh, 21 nothing in that national championship. So I know what that feels like. But, uh, you know, I just – first off, you know, I know we're about to end up. I really want to say how much I appreciate you, you know, letting me come on your show. You're doing a really good job. And, you know, I follow you. And and I'm glad, you know, we're linking up together. It's a lot of fun. I can't wait for you to get to meet Ross and Steven. And those two guys are uh, just as fun as me and you. And, you know, I think we have a great thing going on. So – just want to say you keep up the good work and I'm following you all the way down here in New Orleans. Hey, back at you, man. You, you guys are doing great stuff. You haven't listened to the Propels talk on Apple Podcast. Are you guys on all platforms? Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff. So there yeah. you go. Go check it out. Good, good stuff that you guys are doing over there. And uh, we absolutely love the fact that you're able to come on. Hopefully we'll get Ross on here sometime soon as well. Yeah, for sure. And Elliot, whenever you come down to New Orleans, you let me know. I will. Thanks so much. <laughs> no problem. And there you have it, Pels fans. My conversation with Justin Napoli of Pro Pels Talk and Boot Crew Media. He and his partner, Ross Teveno, doing some incredible, incredible stuff over at boot crew media just awesome guys doing awesome stuff if you want to support some new orleans based media do it go check them out give them a rate and review on apple Podcasts as well subscribe to their podcast they've got some awesome stuff up and out so do not miss it but before you go do that go over to twitter follow at Elliot Clough, you have any questions, concerns, or want to voice your opinion on anything Pelicans, you can respond to any of my tweets with your thoughts. You're going to be able to find them once again here on this podcast, and I'm going to be giving you my thoughts. We're going to be talking to guests about them like we did today. Unfortunately, we actually didn't get it to it today, but we will be getting to it here soon. And if you don't know how to spell Elliot Clough, you can just open up your phone. It'll say right there on the little album cover for the podcast, or... You could just hashtag what the Pell, and I will go ahead and find it on Twitter. While you are here, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and subscribe, leave a rate and review. Do it! The more you do that, the better quality content we are going to be getting you, the fan, because of course we're about you, the fan, here on Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. And go follow Believe on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and you can check out a plethora of their other podcasts on Believe.com or just head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play as well. And if you're on any of those other platforms, not Apple Podcasts, go ahead and hit follow, subscribe, and I believe you can review on some of those other platforms as well, and that'll help us there too. So don't forget to do, to do that, and don't forget to check out my most recent article. That'll either be up today or tomorrow. Went super in-depth on some options that could be a really fun documentary docu-series, and that'll be on Hoops Habit. I also have my premiere The Bird Rights article coming out soon. I haven't started it yet, but I've got the plan for going forward. So stick around for that, The Bird Rights, and check out Ollie's article that I referenced earlier. You can just type in thebirdrights.com. You'll be able to head over and find it. I also shared it on Twitter today. So really great stuff from them over at The Bird Rights and my boss, Ollie Co-sell. So do not forget to head over to Twitter 
and follow at Elliot Clough, or you can hashtag what the Pell in order to engage with the podcast, respond to polls, etc. So once again, folks, I am Elliot Clough, and this was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.